That was a little longer than normal. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Bear Necessities podcast. You're always authentic and readily ridiculed Chicago Bears podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and with me again, my gracious co-host, Reese. And today we actually did have intro music. We, you know, we, I think, you know, after the countless hours of therapy we did together this Reese, uh, this week, Reese, uh, I think we're finally over the, over the loss. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that having the music back is good. I don't think that the loss sits any better. Like usually over a couple of days I can cool off about it, see with a level head. Um man, it was just so bad and going back and watching um I'm sure like many of you did going watching some of the QB school stuff, which I think was indicting on everyone at times. I mean, I think it just showed kind of the airs from everyone along that offense. Um, but there are definitely some missed opportunities and, and some just boneheaded play design <laughs> as well. Just some real head scratchers, some boneheaded pass protection too. That was, um, that was just, the, <laughs> the big one for me after taking some time and looking over the, the, some of the film. And I, I do enjoy watching some of the, you know, QB school and some of the, you know, other, uh, <laughs> the other Brian Baldinger, yeah, right? Brian Baldinger. He's, he's, he's a genius, uh, really a linguist, uh, if you can add, um, <laughs> uh, but that was the most damning thing is like, okay, you're like, okay, what's the one wrong thing? And it's like, oh, there's not one wrong thing. It's literally everything. And specifically the thing that I just don't get is that the pass protection was just, uh, on a completely different page, almost seemingly every other play than what the routes that the receivers were running. And it just left uh, Justin Fields out to dry. Not to say that Justin Fields didn't have a huge piece in this. And like, when you look back at the film, like that's after our, our, our uh, initial reactions, obviously none of the game films available, right. When we do that. And so I, I didn't ridicule really yeah. Justin at all. And neither did you. I mean, of course it's like production, right. Don't throw that pick, but he he did turn down some uh some some open yeah. throws for for checkdowns and you know i think that like kind of getting right into it like i i i think i kind of came away with a different story than we were probably saying on that post game podcast which if you guys haven't listened to listen to it make sure there's no kids it's in the car fiery. because uh it's yeah it's it's fiery <laughs> for sure um, but I, you know, initially we came on dragging Getsy and I still think that's fair. Right. But I think I, I, I'm not dragging him as much because of the play design or game plan as much as I'm dragging him for how sloppy the offense was, because like there's a, yeah. there, for some of those screen passes, they were oh, like they could have went for some pretty big plays had the blocking been even remotely close to being on. I think the bigger issue I had throughout the whole thing, though, is just like if it's not working, why why are we so resistant right. to change? Why the are we game forcing plan? the issue? Yeah, like clearly yeah. Claypool could have why force it all game yesterday and or right yesterday last weekend, and we weren't bringing it up. You know, <laughs> so I don't know. I I I turned Justin. Yeah. No. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying it, it's why keep forcing it and i think that what what stands out to me with getsy is like why can't we just try to utilize players skills you know i hate that and, and this is what people got and i'm not trying to compare them because i think it's a stupid comparison but that's what people got really upset with with naggy was trying to force his system with getsy it's like why can't we just utilize 
our players' talents yeah. at times. You know, um, it was very counter to what worked well at times last year. Um, at the same time, you know, like you said, there was opportunity there in the game plan. If Justin Fields hits a couple more of those 15 to 20 yard throws, the game film definitely is going to read a little bit different. Um, but it's sometimes too, it's just, it seemed sloppy. It was a little bit of continuation from that performance in the third week of preseason. It just doesn't seem like everything is linking up, but you weren't about this Austin. I mean, you kind of talked about how this offense for whatever reason, every year is going to take some time to heat up. And it's just yeah. weird that they can't get it right. Where's the preparation? I mean, you have all training camp for this. Why does it take multiple weeks of the regular season to get it right? Yeah, I mean, that's... A, and, you know, again, it's week one, so not going to overreact. But, like, exactly what you're saying, like, I think what we should have came away last year is what we were doing in week one through four was not working. Let's continue to you know, hone down on what we did on the following weeks when we were some of the through four weeks against multiple playoff teams, one of those being in the Super Bowl and others being in championship games and everything like that. We were the highest scoring offense and we looked great against them. Why are we changing that up? I, I get I get it. Like year to year, you have to change things. But I think this gets into kind of a bigger issue that I feel like NFL specifically coordinators, offensive coordinators really struggle with. Sometimes they try to game plan so much for a specific team that they get away from what their team does well to begin with. And if you look right. in college football, I'm not going to say game plan doesn't matter because it definitely does matter. But what I'm going to say is like a lot of the really good offensive minds in college football, they're saying they're building their offense in a way where they're saying, this is our offense. We dare you to try to stop it. You know, and they're just doing very similar things with slight tweaks week to week based on their opponent um, or based on really specifically what's happening in the game. Because you can't really like my bigger issue is going into this week and being like, we're really going to focus on the short game, which was the same excuse they gave us last year. Let's not forget that when in that first Packers yeah. game, they said the exact <laughs> same thing after that. Like, oh, that was just the game plan. Just I mean, like that's not Justin Fields skill set right now. And I feel like because they're game playing so much, they were just telling, and maybe this is the media, maybe this is the coaching staff, but getting into Justin's mind, they're like, get to the check down, get to the check down, get to the check down, to the point where Justin was getting, you're not utilizing Justin in what he does best, which is his downfield passing. He was rushing through reads. It just didn't make sense, and it just didn't look like Justin. And that's kind of the issue that I have with it, is like I kind of felt like the coaching staff made Justin see ghosts so, so to say where they're trying to get him to play so outside of his skill set that it just doesn't make sense the other thing that i'm gonna really criticize them on i know i'm saying a lot so sorry reese but the 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 thing that really really <laughs> can i get a word <laughs> the thing that really really bugged me specifically about this game was on third down it just doesn't make sense. Justin Fields is one of the most dangerous third down threat to begin with. It's not necessarily reliant that he hits his check down or he like, I, like I, I hate the QB sneak thing because it's like spread it out. If blitz is coming, call a blitz beater. You'll get the first down. Or if there's nothing open, let Justin run. And some of the crucial third downs that led to scoring drives, that's what they did. They spread out the ball. Things he broke down and Justin still gets the first down. And that's just like part of having Justin as quarterback. Because even though, and and uh 
uh, I can't, geez, I'm trying to remember what his name is. Tim Jenkins. Tim Jenkins said this really well on the Hogan John podcast recently. Um, I think it was today, actually, as we're recording. Uh, he was saying that it's not as big of a deal, and he's not underselling it, That, ju- but that Justin hits the check down because he's so elusive at his legs. Like you're when you pass off the ball from Justin Fields to Khalil Herbert in the flat, I mean, who's a better athlete there? Pretty comparable, if not Justin being the better one. So it's like, yeah, you don't mm. want your QB to always put himself at risk, but like there isn't as big of an incentive to get to the check down. I, I feel like we just needed like let up and let Justin play his game. Yeah. No, and I think too, like that phenomena kind of like, and I think it's very coachingly, it kind of happens on both sides of the ball too. Cause I feel like each at the moment and it's week one of the season. So definitely have to take um, everything into consideration as far as like, we're doing a lot of projecting here, but why doesn't either side of the ball really have like an identity? And I think part of that's too, is like the defense wasn't able to cause a turnover, you know? Like it's supposed to be this turnover driven defense. They can't even live up to to that side of the offering. And on the offense, it was just so bleh. Like and like yeah. you were saying, play your style of football, make an impression on the game, because without that you have nothing to lean on. And and ultimately the thing that you have to lean on is Justin Fields' legs. Like that's what we know absolutely works right now. So you have to build yeah. everything off of that. You can't try to run away from it. And I think that's ultimately what really failed. And like I think what we were talking about in the offseason as well, Reese, with this offensive line. You know, at first I was thinking saying Braxton Jones didn't do great. And I do think like he messed up mentally a couple times. He was fine. Darnell Wright, I actually think, played a lot better than his PFF score would suggest because he pretty much locked down Lucas Van Ness the entire game. A lot of his like negative yeah. plays were miscommunications with Nate Davis, which by the way, hasn't been in the offense all off season. And this is something that we talked about like a week before the season started that I'm a, we're both a little afraid that the two starting guards pretty much had zero and the center because Cody Whitehair moved to guard, right? He wasn't playing at center, had pretty much zero communications with the players around him and offensive line. It like, you know, I it, you get sick of hearing things like this, but it's like it really is like five, you need all five guys. It's like better to have like five average guys and like two good guys and three med guys. Like it, it's truly a group effort there. Um, and it has to do with mm. communication. You need reps there. Um, I, it was just I thought it was an embarrassing performance by the offensive line. And like we're lucky Justin Fields didn't get injured. And I'm not going to lean on that because Justin Fields still pass up free throws even with a somewhat clean to pretty dang clean pocket right so i'm not trying to take away from justin fields but there were multiple plays where you have people like tim jenkins and then uh jto sullivan saying like i have literally no clue what's happening on this play and like that's that's an (laughs) issue that's a huge issue um yeah I think that, I mean, that's like, how does that not get sorted out in training camp? You know, I think that a week one performance like that is still, even though it's one game, indicting on the coaching staff because it was so bad. And it's like literally all your preparation looks like it meant nothing because you're starting yeah. like 10 steps behind. Yeah. It's just not refined. The other thing is, I like, I'm I looking at the defense. I mean, at this point, that's a foregone conclusion that it's a bad defense, right? So I'm not going to hammer on that because we already <laughs> knew that going into this season. Um, 
But my bigger thing is like the calling was horrible. Love, Love's touchdown throw and all of his third down conversions were on a simple post route. It's like that's what Love is good. Like that's the one thing Jordan Love has been good at through his pretty much his entire career is doing that. And like that's the easy throw. Why are you allowing this quarterback to make these simple throws? Like it's not rocket science. And for some reason, like, and again, I'll say this, it is hard to have a defense because I mean, you know, not that he's a great defensive coordinator by some people's margin, but Alex Grinch for USC, he was, he had a, he did a press conference and he was talking about how on offense, you typically just need one person or two people to be right, to make an explosive play. But on defense, all all the play like you just need one or two people to be wrong to to have a, a huge blown play right or one person to be wrong to have a huge blown play so i get it like this defense is playing you know with limited talent right but still yeah. i mean the our dbs are supposed to be it's not like love was just given an absurd amount of time which he still he still was don't get me wrong but like it's not like these simple post routes on third down were because he was in the pocket for 4 seconds it's like a simple timing throw with like one of the better receivers of a very limited group and it's like how the hell do you let this happen it just the yeah. the defensive play calling is as uh asinine to me as uh, the offensive play calling. And the one thing that you have to know is that... There's no offense, there's no defense, it's, it's a defense. <laughs> exactly. It's a group effort all the way around. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately what you're saying on defense is just like... Like I said, there was no identity there. They never even tried to to pressure or really like kind of rattle love. No. They made no impression. I mean, literally the least scary defense, and it's not just because of talent, but the least scary defense is when a quarterback drops back and knows that he's not really going to have to worry about too much. Like, yes, there's going to be zone and more people in coverage, but at the same time, you have all the time in the world to figure it out. You don't have to rush your train of thought. Love was able to sit back there, kind of just work through his reads, not speeding up his process at all, not possibly force him into a mistake. So I find it like it's so interesting that, you know, that's what Eberflus just preaches about coming after and getting the turnover. And it's like, what are you doing to force them? Like, is the only yeah. tactic like the peanut punch? Like, as soon as people make the play, we'll, we'll we'll knock it out that way. Go get some strip sacks. That's the best way to get them in today's game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just go rip the or, ball out of the quarterback's hand. Or play some man defense and force a bad throw that gets broken exactly. up. Exactly. I, I also want to come after one player who, you know, I've really supported. We both wanted them to draft him. I think he was in both of our mock drafts in 2019. Jalen Johnson, I thought, had a really bad game last week. Yeah, I, I just given, like, I mean, this is a guy that's supposed to get paid by this team over $15 million a year for three to four years, I'd say. Um, talked about extending him, you know, someone who's been kind of steady state. I mean, you can't, he can't be giving up these passes to these bum wide receivers. I mean, like, I truly do wonder if Jalen Johnson, I, I don't know if he's a cornerback one, to be completely honest. I, th I feel like he's a really high cornerback too. And I'm not even saying you need to allocate all your draft resources or, or, or time into getting a corner, but he doesn't get picks. And if he if he doesn't put together a really good year, 
I don't know if he'll be back. Yeah. It's funny that just like over a training camp, right? Like after Kamek got the extension, everyone was like, oh, this is really motivating the team. Like it's showing that the hard work like pays off and all that. And yet everyone else who's like up for an extension really doesn't seem to care besides like Mooney. <laughs> but, you know, like we talk about Jalen Johnson, like, OK, contract year. Chase Claypool looks like he would just rather not even be playing. <laughs> right. It's like, what is going on? And I don't know if it's a locker room issue or what. Like, it's way too much to go into in week one. But it's just that kind of performance on week one invites that kind of criticism. <laughs> you know, and people are like, why? You know, I know Jaquan Brisker said, like, the booze, you know, talked about that. That's a tweet that came shut out. up, man. Like, Dude. And when you don't win games, I, I saw, what, they're six games away from it being a year since they've won a game. Yeah. That's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So it's like, I'm. what do you expect the fans to respond? I mean, with all the hype that was stirred up, they're like, oh, so quick. It's not even like they're booing at you. They're booing at just like the same issue coming back time and time again. Again, is this indicting? No, but it's like you guys need to be held accountable. I mean, you guys pretty much had a complete off season where you're just, you know, hyping up the the you're hyping everyone up and you're uh you know, trying to make all these different I don't know, predictions and 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 t- talking crap about the Packers, but then you go out and you have one of the most pathetic performances. Of course fans are going to be mad. Like what what do you expect? Like I, and I, I don't mean to get into this because I'm a huge guy that is for like, you know, players getting their money and everything. But at the end of the day, you do get paid to put up a winning product. And at the end of the day, if you're not putting up a winning product, yeah, fans are going to be mad. Fans are spending $400 on tickets to a game that was hyped up all offseason and the changing of the tides just to see one of the worst offensive performance and defensive performances I've seen in a while. Now, the one thing I will say is like, I, I think this is getting underrated. The Packers, this game would not have gotten out of hand as much if the Bears didn't turn over the ball twice offensively within like 20 yards of the red zone. Like they turned yeah. over the ball in the first play of the game and that's two easy Jordan Love touchdowns. You know, when you're playing from the 40 yard line, the NFL is easy. <laughs> it's easy. Right. Um, and when you're punting from your own 30, right, you're giving teams good. The Packers had good field position the entire game, right? Jordan Love yeah. didn't. I don't think on either of his scores, he had to march the entire field. I think it was short or mid yardage situations. And it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. No, you can't can't play like that. Plus, simple, I still don't understand what Trent Taylor was doing when he, he fair caught a ball <laughs> at the five yard line. That made that, no that sense. That was a head scratch. It was it was by far not the worst thing of the game, but it was certainly one where it was like, yeah, probably could have probably took a chance and let that possibly go into the end zone there. Yeah, I mean, so. is being at the five worse than being at the three? Not really, but not by much. <laughs> yeah, like go throw a block, man. man. <laughs> like let the let yeah the, right yeah let the ball go into the end. Like do just do something else besides catching the fair catch. I mean. Man, that was um, that was painful. But you know, I don't want to soak too much in the pain because all this was already said <laughs> in the last podcast. I mean, this was a complete mistake across the board. There was not nothing you could particularly point to. There was nothing good. 
besides maybe the performance of Roshan Johnson and Darnell Wright, which is like, ooh, put up a banner for that, right? Have a parade for Roshan Johnson and Darnell Wright having a good first game. Um, exactly. Better hope it doesn't turn out like Dominique Robinson's first game. Not to bring up bad news, but... Uh, we're really in for it. Um, and the, the hard part about this is we're usually Bears optimists, man. Like, I feel like a lot of people joining, like, yeah. getting on the podcast are going to be like, oh, these guys are just the classic, like... No, it's just frustration, and we need to be honest with all of you. Can this change? Was it week one? Yes, absolutely. But, like, right now, this team looked as bad as they did the first couple weeks of the season. Um, it's it, it was a tough... It was a tough uh, going for sure. Um, yeah, it was too much of the, the the negative parts from last year, not enough of the bright spots. Yeah. So it it just seems like same old mistakes, um, and that makes you question the coaching staff. I mean, that's why you've seen so much around the coaching position, around Luke Getzey and everyone's job security. And it's like week one, how can you do that? Because it didn't seem like they learned. You know, yeah. I think that's what you say. You speak on the frustrations. It's I think it's that, and I think another thing that either you had texted me or you already said, the fact that the fans seemed more amped up for the game than than the players. And I think that's also frustrating. That's, how do you come out on, on that note? Um, but, hey, that's football. Um, you know, I think that even like that first fourth quarter or fourth quarter, fourth down conversion that they failed, that really took a lot of air out the stadium. <laughs> yeah. I think it, it was a complete head scratching play call. I mean, having Komet <laughs> sneak the ball, it's just like, why is this too fancy? We're Again, overthinking it. Yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly what it was. It was a Komet. So, first of all, I hate when teams on third and short go QB sneak. I think that's the biggest bitch play out of all of football is the third, third and short QB sneak. It's like, okay. Draw up a play, man. Like this is a perf like this is the perfect time to like hit him with a deep shot. And if you don't get it, okay, you have Justin fucking Fields to run. Like you have the best, if not if not the best, the second best rushing quarterback in all the NFL. And you're you're going with a, a Cole Komet QB. Like that doesn't make any sense. Um, like and this team loved doing that last year too. And it's like I don't get. <laughs> how you come out of last year because oftentimes they were unsuccessful as with this week and be like you know what we need more of those we need more of those yeah. well Eberflus's explanation was we practiced it a lot I'm yeah, like, well, yeah that's great. great doesn't mean it's a good play yeah <laughs> just because you practice it a lot doesn't mean it's gonna work it yeah, just means you're practicing your something defensive stupid defensive line congrats <laughs> yeah I'm sure uh, Justin Jones and Andrew Billings were, were, were caught off guard a lot by that as we probably saw with the Packers Jesus yeah. Christ, man. Um, Kyler Gordon also, not to bring bring up worse news, is going on IR. Uh, so he's going to be gone for at Ooh. least four weeks. And yeah. for a defense that, you know, if this is what I'll say. If there's one position to have an injury at on this defense that we can kind of withhold, I, I would say it's that one. We did, we did draft Terrell Smith. We do have some good backups there. But at the end of the day, like, this defense is going to be worse. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, there's no silver lining. This defense cannot get pressure on anybody, and so it's just gonna it it's it's gonna be really difficult. Uh, we'll see if that changes this week. And I think that there were 
few bright spots to to account for for this last game. I thought you know Tremaine Edmonds played great, but like that's that's a moot point. That's why we didn't bring it up <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. They still let Jordan Love <laughs> score three touchdowns against against them. So. Yeah, no, it's like as great as our linebackers are when your defensive line is just that bad. It really brings down how good your linebackers are. Yeah, and when your zones are that soft, too. I mean, yeah. in fact, it makes everything on everyone on the rest of the defense harder because when you don't put pressure on the quarterback, you're just putting more pressure on your defensive backs. So Mm -hmm. really, let's we can move on after this. But one more thing is just like, Literally one of the first things that Ryan Poles told us was we're building the team through the trenches. And I guess on the offensive line, you can kind of see that forming. But on the defensive line, it couldn't be any further from the case. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's just and that's what really makes me go like, are we really practicing what we're preaching here? You know? Yeah. And like, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to make this prediction soon, but I'm just going to say. If we if we go on a, another long losing streak, I don't know how long this coach. I don't know how how long of a leash this coaching staff will have. They got some nice guaranteed money, man. <laughs> That's yeah, all they, I'm saying. They do, but it's just like, like I I I don't I don't know how long of a leash they'll have. There's some good coaching candidates. Yeah. Uh, I think the mon- the money gives them a little bit because I think it's like. It's not like a. It's not like Iberflus is on the biggest coaching contract because they kind of like cheaped out a little bit, but it's still, it's still there. And this is the Bears. I think so. polls. I think polls can stay, but I. I don't know, man. I. I kind of feel like, for instance, one really hot name this year, if the Lions keep it up, is going to be Ben Johnson, and I get it, man. Like he. I mean. He's done Who infinitely. Coach Prime. Infinitely. <laughs> yeah. <if> we, <laughs> there's a lot of Bears fans wanting uh, primetime Deion Sanders to be back uh, in, in the NFL this time as a coach, which, you know, again, I'm, I'm very happy for Colorado and everything. Not sure his coaching style would transfer over very well to the NFL. I mean, that's just, I'm, it's different when you're coaching guys that are seven, you know, 18, 19, 20 versus guys that are 40 years old at times. It's just a different, a different game. Um, <laughs> you go for the complete but, extreme. But, but I yes. mean, yeah, exactly. Um, I know. I don't want to belabor the point. This is, uh, this was a bad game. And uh, I hope that magically everything's fixed. Uh, in this next game, which kind of is what happened last year against the Patriots. It was just like it was so bad, and then all of a sudden it became so good. But, like, I, and may, maybe Getsy's learned from last year of, like, how to alter the team to make it perform better. But all I got to say is, like, we need less stubbornness. We don't need to run the Shanahan offense. We need to run the best offense for the Chicago Bears, right? We need to run the Getsy offense, the Justin Fields offense. Like, the great coordinators completely change how they play the game based on the players around them. And you want to take a prime look at this. John Harbaugh, who was, uh, who is he, you know, he's not an offensive coach, right? He's, he's really not. But when Lamar Jackson took over, the, the player that he took over was Joe Flacco. The Joe Flacco offense looked insanely different than the Lamar Jackson offense. And that's just a show of good coaching coaches 
yes, they have their scheme, but they also adapt around their players' strengths. And it's it can't be an ego thing. Also, game plan is important, but not at the not so important that you need to compromise the skills of your players. Luke Getzey should yeah. really listen to this episode. Are you ready to move on, Reese? Because I, I I don't know yeah. how much more I can do. Oh no, yeah, this. let's let's move on. Yeah. All right, brighter future, brighter futures. We have the Bucks coming up, which should be uh, a relatively good game um, for the yeah, Bears. Seems like a great matchup. Yeah, at this point. Yeah, it seems very on par, <laughs> which is not something <laughs> I was expecting. I, I, when we were going through our initial win predictions, I penciled this one as like the easiest, one of the easiest W's on the schedule. Um, I do think that the Bucks will perform worse than last week. Last week, I did feel like there was a little bit of luck involved. I'm not sure Baker Mayfield can put together two quality performances, to be completely honest. Um, but yeah. before we get into it, again, like we did last week, we're going to take a look at how the Bucks and the Bears match up by position groups. So starting at the offense, let's just do QB, RB, and tight end. Uh, what, what's your picks, Reese? Bears or Bucks? Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting, too. Like This list is weird for me to go through, especially after last week where I'm like, well, if they're used right, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, if they're used right, I think that they should be they're better. They're in free but... agency, and a team was trying to pick which one's better. <laughs> I give you know the QB to to Fields. You know, I think hot take. I'm really hoping. <laughs> I'm really hoping. I mean, like if if Baker Mayfield outplays uh, Justin Fields this week, it's gonna be that's gonna be a tough pill to swallow. Um, I also think the Bears have the edge in the RB room. I feel like they've shown yeah. that they have a very strong one, two, three. Um, and I like, I, you know, I like what each one can bring to the table. I think it was good that all of them kind of got involved in the passing game as well. <laughs> um, as much as that was a negative as far as the check down, I think we also saw that, you know, when available, they can all perform. Tight end is an interesting one for me. Really? I think this one's, yeah. Where are you? Are you going Bears? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? I want Buccaneers. I think Otten and Brait. I prefer those. Yeah. Options. Is Brait still with them? I can't remember. I think so. I don't know if he's. I know Otten uh, is. I do like. I do like Kate Otten. He was Kate someone Otten in the good. in the draft that I liked a lot. Um, and I think that he actually kind of does transmit to probably like a Cole Komet type player. Um, but he is a rookie, so I think that's the case. I thought it was okay. He played last year. This, he's a second year player. Is he not a? He wasn't drafted this year. He caught passes from Brady last year. Really? I, jeez, yeah. this is this is how you know we've been doing this for too long when the drafts start merging together. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So okay, so yeah, I, I think that that they have some good young talent there. Um, you know, for running back, the Bucks have uh, Rashad White, and then they also have Sean Tucker, who I'm a big fan of uh, in the draft. I thought that was a good pick for them. QB, I'm giving it to the Bears. Running back, I'm giving it to the Bears. Tight end, I'm giving it to the Bears. Um. I thought those were kind of the easy ones for the Bears. I think a lot of these other ones are a little more difficult. I, yeah. I actually struggled a lot more this week on picking who would Same here. would win these I, compared I, to the Packers. To me, wide receivers is kind of like a dead heat to me. Yeah, especially especially too if if Claypool is a healthy scratch, which I think is another like talking point. Um, you got to play your best players. I mean, I know his effort was terrible, but like at yeah. least at the beginning of the season, you got to go out you cannot put in equanimous st brown over claypool on week two 
Because if if Claypool keeps up that effort, then absolutely you sit him. But if you're going to give up on him after one week, it's oh, there's no recovering from that. Yeah. If you give up from him already in the season, yeah, there's no chance idiotic. of it coming back. Um, I think it's I think this one's really close. I mean, Mike Evans, I I hold him in high regard. I think he's a very good receiver, and Chris Godwin is he's a stud, yeah. very immensely talented. I mean, I I do think that the Bucks win by by a slight margin. I I think that the Bears are three. This one I'm gonna say though is like we keep saying the Bears are three deep, but like Claypool has has caught like 15 yards worth of balls since he's been with us. Yeah. So I I do understand that's the case, but like with Mooney and Moore specifically, like I would say I'd say Moore is pretty spot on with either of the two receivers, but I would say that you know I I don't want to disrespect Mike Evans because he has quite literally been one of the more underrated receivers. Of the past, I mean, how long has he been playing now? Eight years, something like that. I think um, he's had it was eight or nine, and he's had a thousand yards every, every season. Them, yeah, so. that's that's ridiculous. Like that's insane. And like DJ Moore's kind of on track for that, pretty pretty close to that too. Mm-hmm. So like I I kind of view them as even, even though I do I do have to say Mike Evans has proven more and obviously won a Super Bowl, everything like that. So. I, I think it's like the Godwin versus Mooney thing that gets me. I think Chris Godwin is a better wide receiver than Mooney. Uh, just yeah. flat out. He's been to the Pro Bowl multiple years. He's coming. He tore his Achilles last year, right? Or ACL? Something. He, um, he's had a rough stretch as far as injuries are concerned. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I do think that that kind of e- maybe evens it a little bit more. But I do have to say that uh, I think the Bucks win that by a slight margin. How about offensive line? This one's a weird one because the Buccaneers, like if they were completely healthy along the offensive line, I yep. think they'd be a shoe in for them, uh, especially if they had Jensen. Um, yeah. I think I still kind of give a little bit of edge to the Buccaneers, but I think that it's really if the Bears, like if the sum of their parts could be better than they actually are individually, it'd be easier to go with them. But I think just with the performance we saw last week, at least in the scheme that they have, yeah. um, it's not encouraging. So, I mean, it's another one that's weird, though. Yeah, I actually, I say this is a tie. Um, I'm not as as hot. I kind of feel like the the Bucks have a similar because obviously they they cut Donovan. Jeez, I'm blanking on his last name. Um, Smith, Donovan yeah. Smith. Um, yeah, most common last name in America. I can't even remember it. Um, <laughs> but. I, I would say that, like, okay, both teams have, like, kind of a soft interior line right now. And then it, Tristan Wirfs for them is a really good player. But I, I still think this this offensive line isn't very good, to be completely honest. And, like, the only thing is this Bears offense, defensive line is probably going to make it look pretty damn good. <laughs> Bucks fans will probably yeah. come out being like, you know, these players had a great game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I definitely get where you're coming uh, there, and I think that on the defense it starts to get a little bit more cut and dry. Difficult on the offense, yeah. Defensive line, you know, just run to the table with the Buccaneers' defensive line as fast as you can. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't even have to think about it. That's the funny thing is like, so for defensive tackle, I mean, it's a large mark. Well, I know they <laughs> they run a they let's be clear they do run a a five a five two. Or God, I, I want a three four. Three, I always four. want to call it five two, but it's a three four. Um, and their defensive tackle and defensive ends are miles 
better than anyone the Bears have. All of them. They're, well, two of the three for sure. I mean, yeah. Vita Vea is a stud, absolute stud. And when when we think back to like the 2018 draft, the one play, like I know there's like a lot of players you can talk about the Bears are missing out on, but I always, the one thing I always thought was like, I was like, I wonder if it, rather than drafting Roquan Smith, the Bears got Vita Vea. I know we had Eddie Goldman at the time, but Vita Vea was just so high on. He just so damn good. And he's kind of perfect for that Fangio scheme. Um and then Kalaja Kansi has shown some flashes. That's I was actually yeah. really happy with the Bucks drafting Kansi because I couldn't have thought of a better position for him playing next to Vita Vea because that kind of just masks his his downsides. And just Todd Bowles' ability to scheme up blitz packages yeah. too. It's just like he can use speed and just ways that just wreck offensive lines. I mean, even against a great offensive line, this Buccaneers defense especially their front seven is just going to give always deliver nightmares. Like they're going to get to the quarterback. It's just a matter of how many times. Do you think their um, edges so. are that much better than us though? It's Shaq Barrett. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, Shaq Barrett's still good, I but mean, is he better than Ngakwe? Would you say? Yeah, I'd take Shaq Barrett. Yeah, I would say it's, it's a different, it's me. different schemes though. So it's true. It's a little different, but, and, and then two, honestly, I don't know how you feel about it. I give the linebackers to the Buccaneers too. I I did give them the linebackers. Yeah, yeah. I actually. So I think, funny enough, I gave the edge to the Bears. Funny enough, like I oh, think the defense. Oh, you gave ed, you specify I did, edge. I, okay. I specified it so edges and defensive tackles, but like the defensive tackle, like the yeah, edges right. are like by a slim margin. Maybe the Bears, but the defensive tackles are by like a mile. So like the defensive yeah, yeah. line is clearly better for the Bucks. Linebackers, yeah. I agree with you. Actually, I I think you know. Yeah. Devin White. Um, Devin White, who I started off really hot in his NFL career, regressed to the mean a little bit, but Levante David. Yeah, Levante I mean, David. he he's getting up there in age, but he is still just like I mean, he had a couple he blew up a couple screen plays last week that the Vikings ran, like badly blew him up. Um yeah. so. no, I mean I think that that linebacking group is scary. And like you said, they are starting to, especially Levante David, you know, starting to get some miles there. But we've seen that middle linebackers can extend their career. Um, they can, as long as the mind stays sharp, um, you can overcome, you know, your slowing down at a physical age to, to a point. Eventually it falls off. But yeah. as long as you can kind of just always have that football mind on, you know, you can explode to the football. And I think that the front seven as a whole – um, for Tampa Bay is just it's elite as far as yeah. you know in the league I still think it's still elite grouping um, and then the secondary I think the Buccaneers have some good pieces I still feel like you know losing Kyler Gordon hurts I still feel like the Bears have better corners personally um, yeah I, I gave that one I gave the corners to the Bucks just because I, I really I think that the best corner on the field is Carlton Davis um, mm. i pretty substantial margin in my opinion and jamal dean i think is i got a lot of respect for him as well um i do think this that's pretty close and i but i think the safety is for the bears i know winfield he he's yeah. another one that started I don't off like winfield though god yeah winfield i think like you can him and brisker aren't the same player but you can kind of see how they can be used in similar ways as far as just being able to get downfield be used in blitz um he had a big sack last week i mean yeah delivered a huge hit on cousins 
Yeah, Win Winfield is one that like really started off again really hot in his career and then kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just I, I think that this. I mean, when you here's the here's the kind of the issue with the game, and we're we're gonna I think it, we can get into starting to talk a little bit about keys of winning the game. But before we do that, I want to talk about like the potential flaw again. The defensive line is going to get pressure on fields a lot this game, and our defensive line will probably not get pressure on Baker a lot in this game. And I think that Fields is a significantly better quarterback than Baker and offers you a lot more running as well. Like Baker, Baker can throw up some real ducks, man. Like he like he can really turn the ball over, give an inaccurate pass, miss a receiver. But it wouldn't even surprise me if we get a if we get a pick in this game, but like at the end of the day, it does scare me that it's going to be a similar situation to the Packers game, even though I think that the quarter, the quarterback position is a clear favorite to the Bears. Now, I will say, I think if the Bears coaching staff puts together a good game plan and, you know, let's Fields do what he's good at, I think that we could destroy this team. I truly do. Yeah. Get the, getting the ball to DJ Moore. But at the end of the day, like what <laughs> what information are we going to rely on that that is what's going to happen? Yeah, no, I mean, it's such a cop-out answer, but I could really see it going either way. Like, I think in my mind, I'm like, what's to tell me this game isn't going to be like 2021 Cleveland Browns game? Yeah. Just where the offensive line is so overmatched and Fields just cannot do a thing. And, of course, that was like the first time he was really thrust thrust into the offense. But, my goodness, it seems like such a mismatch again. And it's just like I really hope it doesn't get that ugly. I hope that, you know, Justin Fields stays healthy. Um, I hope that he doesn't take any massive hits because I think that's a concern in this game, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, at the same time, though, Baker Mayfield, as I said last week about Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield does not scare me. Um, so I'm not terribly worried. But he's certainly going to have his time to pick out his targets, and he's got good enough receivers that are going to get separation. Um, They're very experienced and, and know how to get open. So he's going to have his ability to get the ball down the field, um, you know, stopping the run. Well, Tampa Bay, I think, has some talent in their backfield. Isn't as big of a concern as it was last week, but it sure seems like if they wanted to run the ball, based on what we saw last week, you know, they should be able to have at least some success. Um, so I think that each team, well, the Bears are definitely out here hungry for Like, I, each game that they don't win this year is just going to make the next one just seem like that much bigger. Like, yeah. they need to get a win on the board. Like, it feels like every week it's got to be this week. Yeah. Um, well, especially so, this week, if we lose this game and then we go into Kansas City week three, I mean, right. not going to look great. <laughs> so I, I think that I could really see it swing either way. I think before, as I've been talking through this podcast, I've gotten more and more kind of positive on it. Before I was really negative. Yeah. <laughs> I was definitely pretty certain that I was going to pick this as a loss. Now I'm not like 100% sure. Um, but I think that just shows you how this game could be. I feel like if the Bears do lose it, it's going to be a fairly low scoring game. Like Buccaneers hitting 20, mm-hmm. you know, um, and the Bears falling just a little bit short. But I do think the Bears could break it open because they even hit 20 on one of their worst looking games last year. Of course, some of those points they hit came 20, a little bit what, late. Like 21 this past game? 20? 
I can't remember. I think it was 20. It was just 30 to 20. Because weird situations with two-point conversions and all yeah. that. Um, yeah, so as, as far as, like, keys to the game, I'll say there's a couple things I think that you have to do. Baker, you need to dare Baker to throw. And, like, that's what I'm concerned with because if we go into this game with a bunch of soft coverages – you know, letting Baker throw post routes seven yards deep for thir- <laughs> for first downs, like that. I, this offense is going to seem unstoppable, and Baker Mayfield will throw three touchdowns like Jordan Love did. But if you go in this game and you really kind of try to man up the other team, I really think that I I think Jalen Johnson can match up pretty well on Mike Evans. You know, I know having you know Chris Godwin obviously in the slot, it's going to be hard because he's going to be going up with a backup corner. But like I just don't I I don't see us playing the same soft zone we did last game and, and being able to win this game. So I think you need to play more aggressively this game. Another thing, I just think the ball needs to challenge the defense deeper. Like I, I even if it's like that doesn't mean necessarily sitting in the pocket, which I think is the two alternatives Luke Getzi has is either we're gonna throw a dump off or we're gonna try to sit in the pocket. Roll roll your damn quarterback out. You know, like that's why I don't understand. Also, it's like a little bit embarrassing to call this a Shanahan inspired scheme because they use play action so (laughs) infrequently. I'm like, okay, sure. He was, he was coach. Like, I guess he is a Shanahan disciple in a way, uh, like from coaching under LaFleur. But I mean, it's, there's a lot of differences in the scheme than like what Kyle Shanahan or, or McVay will, will, will call. Um, like you can yeah. like that's the one thing is when you roll your quarterback out that can make up for uh, you know that actually puts a lot makes it a lot more difficult on defensive tackles like Kalaja Kansi and Vita Vea which is really the strength of the defense here. They can't run they're not yeah. going to be able to run the ball either unless it's on like a no. pitch or a motion or something. Yeah, I, defensively like I I said Force turnover for you know, start with forcing a turnover. Um, but you know, try to put Justin Fields in some of the situations that Jordan Love got to benefit from. You know, I think a short field could do wonders, especially early in the game. You know, if they can, you know, manage to work up a short field for Justin Fields early on, I think that'd be perfect. Um, like you said, I don't think they can just sit back, blitz, you know, if necessary, you know, find a way to get pressure. Um, can't just let Baker sit back there have time to pick you apart um because well you know i don't hold him in the highest regard as a passer still i mean this is the nfl yeah, yeah. we're still talking about quarterbacks are going to be able to if they have time we're going to find someone somewhere to get the somewhere to get the ball aka jordan love um, exactly and you know force the offense to adapt you know don't just get pushed around i think that so much it just seemed like last week they're kind of just trying to figure out what the Packers were doing and and try to react from there. I think if they could make a lot more of an impression, force the offense to try to change what they want to do instead of vice versa, um, you're going to get a different result as far as just, you know, forcing more broken plays, you know, trying to get turnovers, game-changing plays, you know, hits in the backfield. I think last, last week they started with enough speed. I mean, they got some good tackles for loss early on, um, but they just need to be able to build off of that. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, get DJ more of the ball. Like it can't be a two targets type situation. Um, can't be pulling him off the field. Whoever the call that was, as Iberflus says, he doesn't know why he wasn't on the field. But keep him on the field in the red zone. I know he's not absolutely a red zone guy, 
but find a way to give him the ball. Two targets the is not going to cut it. You went, you went out and, and, you know, he wasn't the only part of that package or the trade package for the number one pick, but he was a huge part of it. You know, get him the ball. Um, I think maybe this week you consider definitely keeping in a tight end or a running back for pass protection, probably both. <laughs> um, I know that I've seen some tweets that maybe it'd be smart for them to run a little bit more 12 personnel. So one running back, two tight ends as opposed to 11. Yeah. Except Tanya you know, looked be, awful this past week. So well, neither of them either played. They Mercedes Lewis had like five snaps. I think Tanya had four. Lewis, Lewis should really have played weird. more Tanya. I mean, he could not, you want to talk about Claypool having a bad blocking effort. Tanya as a tight end <laughs> couldn't do anything. I mean, he, Caused some real, real bad plays. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, and you know, ultimately, like you know, force force Todd Bowles not to blitz. Um, man, if if you can try to force them to have to drop more people back into into coverage, um, and then just deal with the D line that's already enough of a of a handful to deal with already. You know, force them not to bring that extra pressure. Uh, make them back off, respect the pass. I think that goes a little bit on Justin Fields as far as, you know, getting the ball out a little bit more, having some more anticipation yeah. throws, uh, making the defense respect it. Um, and I think that's going to really build into more having more dynamic offense. Last week was just way too stale, too predictable. Um, definitely can't come out, come out on a flat note like that again. Well, you definitely need a few blitz beater calls for sure. Like you need – you need you need no, to have no, a yeah. few different packages. If that's just a slant, I mean, like th- they should live in the slant route <laughs> this entire game. If they're yeah, if they're yeah. blitzing their linebackers, you should live in the slant game this entire. Especially because they'll probably be playing man to man. Yeah, so it's their definite man to man beater as well as a blitz beater. So. Yeah, DJ Moore should have a hell of a game, um, but we'll we'll <laughs> see. Again, make them turn into Michael Thomas. We'll go slant boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. So before we move on to our predictions, I I do need to issue an apology. We did at the end of the last podcast mention that maybe the bears made a mistake by not hiring, uh, uh, Brian Dable. And then that was as the game was occurring and then they lost 40 to zero. So I think we need to issue a formal apology on that one. Uh, so we'll stick with Doug Peterson. We're sorry. That's where the ball will stop. We're sorry. (laughs) Go Tigers. Oh, I, I got a, I got a new one. I got a new one for you. Ready? This is the first time yeah. it's coming out. Yeah. Uh, what about Stanzo brand fedoras? <laughs> <laughs> you got to buy them in bulk, though. You buy all of them. <laughs> oh, man. For, for those of you who like, I think you should leave. You'll, you'll enjoy that one. Um, all right. Prediction time. Okay. I'll I'm let you start. On... Okay, cool. I'm settling on Bears 30. Buccaneers twenty one. Wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna give them the win. I, I think that if they know what's best for them as far as getting the media off their back, cooling off some of the pressure, come out, play the game that they know that they can hopefully <laughs> that they can hopefully play, but that the way that they need to or the way that they know they need to play as far as coming out running a more dynamic offense, getting the ball in the hands of people like DJ Moore, um, you know, Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert, some of the playmakers, letting Justin Field use his legs. Um, go ahead and use that. I'm really, really scared, though, that this could definitely be a 20-13 to 13 kind of loss, too. Or, yeah. you know, 
I think that that's definitely in the cards. I'm going to stay optimistic um, just because I think that I can't get that low early in the season. But I think that we could be feeling pretty terrible once again when we hop on here next Sunday. <laughs> well, not next Sunday. This coming Sunday. But, yeah, yeah I'm going to try to stay positive. What, what are you thinking? Man, I... I worry that this game could be similar to that Washington Commanders game that we saw Oof, where it was like yeah. the Bears were where they had won a game and then they lost a few games. And then it's like they're like kind of going along and then like we're like, OK, but at least we have the Commanders coming up. <laughs> and then it just went completely downhill and they just couldn't figure anything out. That's my concern. I do. I think that's likely. No, I th- like this realistically talent wise as a team that the Bears should beat but in all honesty like this team is on a 13 game wins uh losing streak at this point and um that's against teams that we should have beat as well and this team always finds a way to lose um that's kind of the mo right now under gets loser is that (laughs) yeah exactly this offense always finds a way to lose or not get it done. And the defense will not hold anybody up in the slightest. They'll just get ran through the entire game. Um, so because of that, I've just decided that, and fans might hate this, but I'm not going to predict a win until they win a game. So yeah, I respect um, that. I, that's certainly how I was feeling, but I, I had to fight the urge, man. I, I had to yeah. fight it. <laughs> I I'm, I'm giving the bucks 20, 27 and bears 24. I think they'll score. Yeah. Like, I don't think this will be a blowout, but like, I think this could be like the Falcons game last year where you're just like, how the hell could this, like, how do you lose to this team? You, Justin Fields might even play a lot better than this last game, but like, realistically, this coaching staff needs to show me that it's able to win a game. And like, if once you make Jordan Love look good, to me, that's the last straw, man. That's the last straw. Yeah. No, that's understandable. This this team has really not earned any kind of like respect at all. So I get it. Yeah. Why why would you feel confident in winning a game? We haven't seen it in so long. So here's the hoping they can turn the tide. Man. It'd be <laughs> a lot more enjoyable to hop on here and, you know, think about, you know, just being in high spirits again the first win. You know, what can we do to beat Kansas City? Yeah. You know? Because if they lose this game, we're not talking about beating Kansas City. That's, no. We might as well get rid of the whole position comparison keys to the game. <laughs> we're just going to talk about the aftermath. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Well, that, that's the thing. I hope that this is like a game that it was like against the Patriots, right? Where it was the opposite, where you're coming off this awful commander's loss and you're like, they're going to have no chance about then Bill Belichick. And this is what I'll also say. I, I predicted a loss in that Patriots game by a good margin. And I was like, this is a team that I was saying kind of the same thing I was saying about this team. They cleaned up. But like, again, I want this team to prove it. Like I, I'm not going to like, realistically, this coaching staff has shown no propensity to win. <laughs> and like, that's just yeah. what I'm, what I'm going to stand by. I mean, literally I will predict until they went every single week, a loss. Because I just I I I I can't do it. I can't I can't keep living a lie. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's as deserving as the theme music of anything. Honestly, I think that 
man, there's a lot to be said on this podcast, and it's as much as we would like to say that things have changed. That was another disappointing start to the season, but here's to hoping for a, a turnaround, getting the season on the right track, you know, looking at things the right way. But until then, you know, same old, same old. Yeah, man, it's going to be tough. We'll see how this weekend goes. May determine our entire season. But uh, as always, everyone, bear down. Bear down. Yeah, uh, uh, what about Stanzo brand fedoras? <laughs> there we go.